Welcome back to CFO Weekly, where we're talking with financial leaders about how to build efficiency in their teams, create time for strategy, and ultimately get results with your host, Megan Weiss. Let's jump right in. Today, my guest is Heidi Crane. Heidi is the CFO at Fight Camp, the connected at-home boxing company. With over 15 years of experience, Heidi has held multiple CFO positions at various consumer product companies in beauty, fashion, travel, and now fitness. Her extensive experience spans many years of financial planning, strategy, fundraising, and leading teams through various stages of growth. Heidi, thank you very much for joining me on this episode of CFO Weekly. Happy to be here. It's good to meet you and uh, looking forward to sharing some time with you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to learning about you and your story today and hearing about your experience as a finance leader. And I know we've got a lot to cover, so let's get started. Okay, sounds great. First, and as always, let's start with you, your story, and how it is that you got to where you are today. Yeah, well, uh, you know, my career has you know, spanned um, a number of years, so I'll break it down into two pieces. The first half was about building my foundation, all the foundational skills. So it was about working for large global companies that were number one or two in their space and really building my skills um, through these organizations, you know, Ernst and Young was about learning um, about different industries, and Dole Food Company was deep into production and distribution and corporate financial planning for a high volume, uh, low margin business. I mean, it was a great place to learn operations. They had their own steamships and chassis and containers, so you're deep in operations, and so I learned a lot about efficiency and great supply chain operations. And Diageo is a powerhouse in terms of marketing and sales. And that was about building brands and high high value brands. And that, so that was a high margin business. And so I was in a sales office for four years working alongside salespeople and learning merchandising and how you sell in, into a lot of different um, uh, companies, small and large. So great foundational experience. And then the second half was about applying them into these growth companies that were private equity or VC-backed. And I feel very fortunate to have been part of the whole growth economy and the explosion of e-commerce and being part of that um, and applying these skills to these uh, companies. I was, um, I've been CFO of five companies, so I had a lot of opportunity to apply these learnings and it was uh, that experience, that initial experience was tremendously valuable, taking them into organizations that aren't structured and don't have the guardrails. So um, I am very appreciative of, you know, building um, my career from the ground up, working with really incredibly talented uh, people that were that had deep expertise in their space. Yeah, you've had an amazing and diverse career so far. Um, and from what I understand, you just joined Fight Camp as CFO this year. So talk to us about what drew you to this particular company. Yeah, you know, after being CFO a number of times, I, you know, people and culture are really central to um, what makes you happy. And, um, and so that was really the core of what I was looking for is um, the right business model, of course, but also a team that shared the same values that I did. And these were co-founders or six co-founders and they built an incredible culture um, in this at-home connected fitness company. 
and just a lot of passion that they have for this business and expertise. And they really focused on trust and openness, diversity, positivity, and transparency. And all those things really resonated with me. And those were important parts of my decision. So I made my decision based on people and culture. Yeah, I mean, it's always a great thing to do because it's so important that you love the the people that you're working with and the culture that you're working within. Um, so talk to us about the product. What What is it that Fight Camp does and, and what is their product? Yeah, it's a really exciting space to be in. Um, At Home Connected Fitness is, you know, fairly new, but um, now very prominent in the marketplace. But we're unique in that, you know, we we focus on boxing, kickboxing, and we're doing a lot of innovations that involve uh, multiplayer and um, gamification to make it really a fun experience. But it's something that you can learn and do at home. And, you know, so we have a lot of professionals who are busy that use our product. And um, we have a lot of um, excellent trainers that really get people comfortable with the sport. And it's one of the best things you can do for exercise from a cardio and strength perspective. And it works out your upper body and lower body and core. And it's really time efficient. So we're really trying to develop a great product that is easy to use and engaging, but it's a great way to get fit. So we have some new new things that we're launching probably um, around this time next year that are um, going to be pretty incredible. So really excited about being part of the team and helping them innovate and grow the business. Yeah, I've always heard that boxing is such an amazing full body workout. I've actually never tried it, but I'd really, I'd really like to in the new year. It's one of my um, goals. Well, let's get you set up. We're happy to get you connected and get you set up. You know, our our trainers are excellent. And uh, yeah, we'd love to have you try our product. Yeah. And that's always, it's like so convenient that you can do it from home. And I know we've seen kind of that at-home connected fitness product explode during the pandemic. Um I, I mean, I could not have imagined a time when all gyms would have been closed down, but but we saw it. Um, so talk to us about the lessons learned um, from Peloton. I was reading an article the other day about their rise and fall during the pandemic. And I'm just curious to know if, if you have any lessons learned um, that you guys are now kind of you know, implementing as you go along because you're in a pretty, I mean, you're in a pretty high growth stage. So. Yeah, I think, you know, for us, we're fortunate to be smaller and we still have a lot of growth to pursue. I mean, we're just only in the U.S. and really just scratching the surface here. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, the Peloton story is an incredible one and we're all very excited to see how they um, exploded excuse me, exploded and um, very excited for their success. And I I think um, a lot of companies raised a lot of money and deployed it very quickly. And so we were fortunate to raise money last year and, you know, we're deploying it very carefully. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of investing, um, investing in areas that have a immediate return will be really important um, I know they made a lot of long-term heavy investments and um, deployed their money into a lot of long-term initiatives. 
So, you know, we do have some initiatives that are longer term plays, but um, a lot of what we're working on have um, quick payback and, you know, strong ROIs. So I think it's really um, making sure we manage our cash effectively yeah. um, so that we can survive lean times. So I think we're um, we're learning, you know, like growth um, ends at some point. So you have to be prepared for shifts in the marketplace. And um, yeah, we're, we're going to be facing a pretty interesting year next year. So I think we're yeah. all trying to be ready. Yeah, I'm eager to see what 2023 brings. <laughs> um, but you've worked across different industries, beauty, fitness, travel, e-commerce. So talk to us about being a finance leader and the commonalities across industries and then what differs as you move across these different industries. Yeah, well, I think, you know, all of those companies that I've worked for are all consumer product companies and most of them were in the digital space. So but there are a ton of similarities in terms of um, how you apply finance within those industries, you know, in terms of processes and systems and data analytics around customer and product. So a lot of the skills were very transferable. Um, it's really learning the lingo, um, the price positioning and marketing strategies. And probably what was the most different were the personalities, you know, the culture of the different businesses. Um, that was probably the biggest difference in knowing how to navigate each of those cultures. But they're all very fun, high energy, and um, really was glad to be part of each of these different industries. It's uh, you know, it keeps things interesting when you learn different businesses and what makes them each tick. So I um, have enjoyed um, working across these different um, industries. And the role of CFO itself has evolved, I, I think, an awful lot over the last, let's say, decade. How do you stay relevant? I mean, how do you make sure that you're the CFO of the future? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think. Um, since I've worked in these growth, early growth stage companies, you have to um, really continue to stay um, on top of the latest tools and um, what's going on in the marketplace because things move so fast and the market shifts so quickly. And jumping into e-commerce, um, uh, subscription e-commerce, when it was really new, um, required me to adapt and, and learn something that's very different because I came from more um, large organizations, more retail, you know, brick and more, more to retail-based um, customers. So I think learning those skill sets early on with my first uh, experience in e-commerce really helped me adapt. And also I, I work for a lot of young entrepreneurs. They're very, you know, all very um, passionate about um new technologies and um, finding new niches um, and and so and always trying new things. So as CFO, you have to kind of adapt with the entrepreneur and their vision. And uh, it, it means moving quickly and being nimble. And I think it forces you to learn new skills constantly. And And so I think I'm used to change. And that's really important to be able to um, be ready for change and really being adaptable and keeping things nimble. And that forces you to keep your skills sharp. And, you know, the, the, in the spaces I've been, because they move so quickly, 
you have to keep your eye on the marketplace, your competition, what's new. Otherwise, um, it's hard to grow and stay relevant with your customers. So um, I think I've been fortunate working with really um, young visionary people and keeping, you know, keeping, um, it keeps me um, fresh with um, what I'm doing and really um, excited to continue growing and learning and adapting along the way. So, um, yeah, so I think it's just my career path has enabled me to be part of this new economy and learning all the new tools and analytic uh, capabilities that are out there and, and really leveraging technology. And let's go back to the start of your career. So you started, as you mentioned, at Ernst & Young in their audit practice. So talk to us about how that prepared you to go into finance leadership roles. You know, I, I was going to say um, it is a great place to start right out of college. Um, it's really, it was an easy transition. Um, you're, you know, working there with many young people yep. and you're learning about so many different global businesses and industries, and you have the exposure to their inner workings. And it's such a structured learning environment. So it's a great place to really build your skills. And you're leading teams after a year, you know, um, a year into um, your career. And so you're really learning leadership skills early on. And that really helped me at every place I worked at after. So it was really good, um, basic skills and really getting broad-based experience to companies. So you kind of know where you want to head yourself and how you, know, how you want to uh, develop your career. Yeah, I started at Deloitte. So a lot of what you just said resonates with me. And, and I, I do think that it is um, a great environment to really challenge yourself. And I, I remember just every day being pushed out of my comfort zone. So that was also good, yeah. uh, good lessons learned. Yeah, and that's great to have that experience. I, I, it's great to learn that about you. I, um, yeah, I think you take it for granted at that age, but when you look back later, you see, you know, how much how much it really helped you and gave you, you know, good a good framework um, to to build from. And I, I have to say, you know, being CFO of these different companies the past fifteen years, I saw how I applied all the learnings from my the first half of my career. And I, I used it repeatedly, and I was so um, grateful for how much that prepared me that a year or two ago, I <clears throat> wrote to all my former bosses from 20, 25 years ago to thank them for their mentorship and to um, <clears throat> really recognize you know, their deep experience and how they played a big part in um, imparting great knowledge, <clears throat> and you can't learn these skills from, you know, from school or um, just high level exposure, just being knee deep in the business with these um, incredible experts who are in the industry for many, many years. I saw how much I learned from each of these executives. And I was so appreciative because I really know um, business very deeply because of it. And I wrote, um, yeah, thank you notes to all of these uh, uh, executives. and. Um, you know, it was really something I was grateful for in terms of, you know, their investment and in my career. And I just saw all the many benefits and I wanted to express that. Yeah, that's awesome that you did that. I'm sure they were very appreciative. It's something a lot of people probably never get throughout their career is a thank you. 
Yeah, I was so appreciative. I really saw how it helped me. And I did hear back from a couple people and it was just really great to reconnect and see what everyone was doing. So I was really, um, I was just happy to do that and just wanted to express that. Um, But it's it's nice to be able to help these young companies um, grow and succeed and to be able to do that and feel confident about how you can help is really a a big thing to um, contribute to these organizations from a finance perspective. So I really enjoyed what I've been doing. And speaking about young companies, so how how do you find working in uh, an entrepreneurial startup environment as compared to those larger corporations where you started your career? I'm sure it's like night yeah. and day. <laughs> yeah, it is really different. And, you know, when I first made the shift to private equity back at growth companies, it was a medium-sized company with 600 million. So it was easier to make that transition. But then when I went to working for entrepreneurs who were in their 20s and early 30s, and the company was more like 60 million, you know, it was a very big change. And we didn't have a safety net. We didn't have guardrails. And you actually have to know how to do things yourself. You know, there's not a no, not a department to go to. Um, you have to actually roll up your sleeves and do it. And if you haven't done it, you have to figure it out. So um, it's really about um, contributing and being part of an organization that's testing and learning and being nimble and and being able to pivot any time to help shape the company in the right direction. So you're you're you know in the in the large companies you're doing these large scale complex projects, which are you know really sophisticated and um, you get deep knowledge. But when you go to these entrepreneurial companies, you're really seeing um, many different parts of the organization working together to achieve one end goal. And that's, you know, I think I really enjoyed that. So I've continued to do this because I I enjoy seeing teams come together uh, towards a common goal and a common vision. Um, you can learn in both organizations, but um, to be able to work across an organization as I do now would be tough to do in one of these Fortune 500 companies because there aren't that many roles where you could do that and, and you know, maybe you never ascend to that level. So um, being able to really help and have deep impact has been really great. So I've enjoyed this. And as a CFO, how do you support that entrepreneurial spirit while putting those guardrail, those guardrails and bumpers in place? Because a lot yeah. about being an entrepreneur is about taking risk. Yeah, I you know so I I I don't mind risk taking, and I like um, the new challenges that these entrepreneurs you know um, are facing, and we're having to combat as a company. And those are you know problems to solve. Um, and I think that's where my experience has yeah. been really helpful because I don't need the guardrails in place you know, firmly in place. I know what, um, I know how to navigate without the guardrails because of my experience. And so when things are happening that might appear risky, I risky. I know like how to manage it uh, because of my experience. And I know we're going to be fine, but then I know we hit a point where we have to put guardrails in, put controls in, uh, and we're always measuring and doing the analytics and and metrics management, that's super important to do from the very beginning. And these young companies are really good at those analytics. But then putting the controls in place around growth, 
you know, that's always a balancing act. And it's like, where do you draw that line? And, um, but as long as you have metrics in place, you, you never um, go too far where you're caught short because you're measuring and you're testing along the way. And so a lot of these companies really have perfected that process. And, um, but I, I know uh, more on a macro level, you know, how to manage cash and ensure we're getting the right return and not taking too much risk where you get to a point of no return. So, um, so that's where the experience has really helped me in these environments because I don't need the systems and the processes firmly in place. I can manage it and yeah. put them in place as we grow. And how do you go about integrating into a new company when you join as part of the senior leadership team? How do you get like your team to trust you? How do you learn the business? Because you've you've seen a lot of different industries, and I imagine that learning the business is you know a challenge each time. Yeah, and that's the fun part. I think that's the interesting part is what make, makes each of these companies tick and. Um, it's, I think it's about building trust and credibility. And and when you start from there, it means you're learning about the business. You're getting to know the team members. You're understanding the culture and what they value. And you're embracing that and protecting that and being a champion for that. And then it's, you know, demonstrating how you can add value. You know, it's by walking the talk. Um getting results, going after low-hanging fruit to demonstrate how you can get things done. And and it's building key connections and helping others and um, being able to work through teams to um, affect change. And so when you, when you build those relationships, um, you can build um, a place where you can have influence and help shape strategy um, and um, affect change. Um, on a daily basis. So it's, it's building, you know, those initial building blocks are super important and really respecting and value what, what's been built and what's made the company successful to date. And as CFO, what's your advice for creating a successful company culture? Yeah. So um, since I've worked for a lot of entrepreneurs um, who have vision and passion and expertise in the space, um, as a CFO, it's um, important to be, an active member of that culture and um, reinforcing it uh, and living it with um, with the, the executive team. And that means investing in resources to support that culture and keeping everybody um, aligned with it and having access to the culture. And I I think because I'm a big proponent of equity, diversity, inclusion, you need uh, the proper infrastructure in place to be able to do rollout programs that benefit everybody equally. And and so it's putting in people programs and people teams at the right time so that everybody feels supported. Everybody feels like um, they have a safety net. Um, they have a career path. They have a way to learn, and it's done in an equitable manner. So, um, as CFO, it's making sure those resources are in place to protect, you know, your greatest asset, which is your people. Um, so it's this. Um, it's easy to forget sometimes when you're busy and growing companies. Um, some of the intangibles that help lift your company up. And over time, you know, that could erode if you don't pay attention to it. So um, putting those 
programs in place early on to really celebrate wins and recognize people is important to keeping the energy and the vitality of the company high. So I think as CFO, it's just always making sure that's front and center and providing resources behind it. And when when people see that that's a priority, I think people feel safe um, and feel uh, t- they feel taken care of. And talk to us about your attitude to employee wellness benefits. I imagine as like a small company, um, it's not always easy to be able to afford great benefits, but I'm curious since you work in the fitness industry, what your take is on that? Yeah, you know, we prioritize that. It's um, <clears throat> That's really important um, at Fight Camp. Um, we We have a lot of programs in place and that's one of the things that really um, resonated with me when I was interviewing is really how much they prioritize employees. Um, and they, they, for instance, they provide probably the most generous, um, reimbursement program around a fitness and you don't have to spend it on fight camp. You could spend it on what you feel helps you feel fit and well. Uh, the most. And we support childcare. We um, have um, learning days where people share, you know, learnings with each other. We have a lot of ways to connect um, since we're remote um, on a weekly basis. So we do weekly meetings company-wide and we allow most everyone to present and speak. Um, And we have other meetings where, you know, we, um, we, what we call learning day, we have virtual lunches. Um, and, you know, we have um, a 401k with, with full matching. So we have, we do a lot to make sure our employees feel like they can grow and learn in our environment. Um, you know, being in a growth company is, you know, busy and very challenging, but we make sure that our team is taken care of. And um, we also ensure we put money aside for, um, education, which means that the managers have to ensure that they're doing something to actively um, support the education of their people. So we require you to spend a certain amount on each team member towards um, education. It could be through meetings. It could be through class. You know, there's many different ways you can do that, but we leave it up to each manager. So even though we're a small company, we really um, value um what our team members do and we know that they contribute a lot to our success. So there's a lot in place today, even though we're a young company that really, they really just launched their product in 2018. So wow. um, yeah, it's, it's been, yeah, that's, it's really fantastic to see. And I think that's the right way to do it. I agree. I wish more companies were like that. It sounds like an amazing place to work. Yeah, it's been great. So I've, I've really enjoyed it. It's um, I think they've, they took the care to to do it right, and you know the founders. They got their initial one of their initial um, key funding through Y Combinator, so they went through a whole program um, through Y Combinator, and to to really compete and do well and be one of the finalists there um, says a lot about the co-founders and their business model. And in that process, they took all the learnings. Um, of Y Combinator to heart and they applied them and they really understood and took it seriously. And I think some of what they've done here is because of those learnings. I'm just curious, what's their background? How did they come up with this product? Were they 
passionate about this at some point, taking classes in the gym or how did they develop this? They're actually, um, some of them are former boxers. The CEO is a former boxer. You know, um, we have a a number of them are into boxing, but some of them did it um, uh, and were very competitive with boxing. And they came up with the, um, thank you for asking, because I think it's really important. Um, One of the one of the key components of the company is they develop trackers for Olympic boxers to track their punches. And before uh, these trackers, it was done manually. And, and part of boxing performance is, you know, your, um, your speed and the number of punches you execute within a certain time period. And so, um, so they were able to automate that through this technology. And that's what we sell as part of fight camp is these trackers to track your, your punches. And so you have these scores that come out of all your different rounds that you do and it keeps it competitive. It keeps you enhancing your performance. And um, when we make it multiplayer, you know, it'll be, you know, you can, you know, compete with others um, to work out with you in the same space. But right now you, you compete with other people who, you know, are on the fight camp system, but um, yeah, so it's that technology that we're using and leveraging across other uh, forms of fitness, and that's what we're working on right now. So it's that's a really key thing that they developed, and many Olympic boxers use that. So it's really tried and true technology that helps with improved performance. Yeah, that's awesome. And and I guess what you just spoke of is, is part of the gamification. And I think when I was on your website, I even saw like um, a kid. Is this product something like kids can get enjoyment out of and yeah, lead them down a healthier, yeah, lead them down a healthier path? Yeah, yeah. Um, it is it is something that we have set up for families and we have, you know, child-sized gloves. And um, it's around 60% or 65% of our customers are families. And so it's something that, you know, families can enjoy together. So it is really a mainstream type of fitness activity. And um, and kickboxing is really on trend and a growth area. So it's some, an area that we want to um, do more in. But it, yeah, definitely it's it's for families. We want it to be interactive. And that's those are some of the things we're working on to really improve the interactivity and the connectedness of everybody using the product. Um, and something totally unrelated, but I know staffing and talent is a real challenge these days. So talk to us about how you guys, um, how you attract and retain people and the keys to successfully building and leading teams as a CFO. I'm sure your benefits help a lot because <laughs> they sound amazing. Yeah, I think it shows, you know, we really, you know, that we really care about the employee. And I, you know, I've not been in a company that had these company-wide meetings where so many different levels get to present their work on a weekly basis. So you really get to know people and what they're working on. And it keeps everybody in tune with the company. Um, And so I think if you enjoy fitness, um, enjoy technology, and see the potential of what we're doing, you'd be very attracted to joining the company. Uh, we've been able to attract talented people. We are we um, hired a chief 
product officer this year from Gaming Industries from Scopely. And, you know, he's brought in some really um, great skills that help complement the co-founder skills. And and we're continuing to build um, that, that our technology organization. So with an engineering and data analytics, and there's so much to do to really enhance our product and make it fun to, to be fit. So um, I think it's, it's for people who want to be in the growth space, um, who want the challenge of doing new things in new ways and not having, you know, all the resources, but figuring out how to, to be scrappy and get things done. And it's amazing how much can get done with very little. And I've seen it happen over and over. So I know it can be done. Um, and the finding, you know, I think in terms of, leading and building teams in these environments, it's, it's really important to know your environment and hiring people who will thrive in your environment because it's not for everybody. And, um, and so you have to be okay with some risk. You have to be okay with change. You, you can't get tied to any processes. Like if you build a process, you can't be attached to it because we might change it tomorrow. And so it's being okay with that. And, and, and that's how, you know, all companies evolve and grow is through change. And for my teams, it's understanding the roles we have and matching people to those roles. For instance, if you have, if you have the need for more individual contributors, then you, you have to find the people who love to problem solve, who are more technical. Um, um, who like to be the subject matter experts for those roles. But if you also um, have roles where um, you need to connect people because you're project management, then you have to find those people who like to work through teams and like to connect with other people and be organized. So it's really understanding the needs of your business and, and finding people that fit those needs because then they'll thrive in the organization. They will, um, you know, be fed by all the energy and the change and and um, continue to grow in the environment. So it's really finding people who love these challenges and um, and and that's really key. So I've done this a lot of times. So I kind of know what to look for. yeah, and um, and yeah, so it's really understanding your needs is super critical. And finding the people, it's been hard. you know the mark job market's been so tight. And so there's been so much more competition um, to find great people. I mean, everybody always wants the best people. So attracting and, and getting that person is, is more difficult. I think the fact that we raised money, did a Series B round last year, have really um, the best backers. We have NEA, IVP, CAA, Left Lane, all backing us. and And they have resources. So I think you know, that's attractive to a lot of people to know that we have really um, high-end backers that um, really believe in this business. And as you look back across your career, what are your proudest achievements? Um, Probably two categories, I would say. Um, It's hard to pick any particular one, but, you know, um, one would be, one category would be reaching milestones with the team together for instance, I would be like successfully selling a business, reaching unicorn status, 
you know, raising a large round and then you achieve that together. It's something you can't do by yourself. And you know, it's accumulation of everybody's efforts that got you there. And that feels really good. And it brings the team together and makes everybody feel like it's a big win. And that, you know, that, that halo really carries you forward to the next thing, next tough thing you need to do. Um, so I think that's one, one bucket. And the other is just um, in building, you know, one's career as CFO, the experiences you have, the connections you have, and the resources that you've built over time, being able to um, allow other people to leverage that and benefit from that is, I think, a great achievement. If, if you can help add value to other people's career and, and have them leverage your resources and your experience, then you're really um, doubling, tripling what you've done. I mean, who knows? You know, that's that's exponential. And that, I think, is super rewarding to know that you've built up skills that can be valuable to other people. So I think, you know, that's something that I've uh, felt was important in terms of building my experience and helping other people achieve success in their careers. So that would be probably one of the the best things that could come out of my career. Yeah, you sound like a wonderful leader. Last question. <laughs> <laughs> um, last question. As we are staring down 2023, what's keeping you up at night? What What do you see as the biggest challenges on the horizon? Yeah, next year, you know, it's going to be an interesting year for all of us. Um, there are so many predictions of what next year is going to look like. So, you know, nobody really knows. And we have to be ready for anything. So, you know, thankfully, we raised money last year. So we're going to have to be more conservative in how we deploy that cash. And that to be prepared for the unknown, we're just doing a lot of um, scenario modeling and what if um, scenarios to make sure we're prepared for anything that is thrown our way and that we can shift and adjust along the way. So it's just being, you know, ready for anything. And I, I think, um, you know, we're grateful that we have um, have funds that we were raised recently. Um, and it's just we have to manage it really well. So we're, we're preparing. Um, we want to grow and we want to continue innovating, but we just have to be very smart about how we do it. Heidi, thank you so much for being my guest today. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. It was great to meet you, Megan. And I really do want to get you set up with Fight Camp. So I'd love to connect you with our yeah. team to get you set up. Absolutely. That would love be to get wonderful. You into <laughs> and I appreciate okay, you see. taking the time to be here with us today. And I wish you and Fight Camp all the best. Sounds like you're both doing amazing things. And to all of our listeners, please tune in next week. And until then, take care. If you're ready to boost efficiency and streamline your accounting processes at significant cost savings, it's time to talk with Personiv. Their people-powered solutions have transformed the delivery of back office tasks and general accounting functions for decades, partnering with clients to provide everything from accounts payable to payroll services. See what Personiv can do for you by visiting personiv.com. You've been listening to CFO Weekly presented by Personiv. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to hear all of our episodes. Want to learn more? Check out personiv.com. Thanks for listening.